I'd like to welcome you to our production of A Pondering Heart, the story of Christmas through the eyes of Mary.
a girl, an ordinary girl, in an ordinary town, in what was to many an ordinary world. What do we know about this girl? What do we know about the woman she became? What do we know about her joy, her pain, her suffering? And most importantly, her firstborn son. Many religions and cultures have come up with their own mistaken explanations and descriptions of this figure in history. The Bible, God's word, reveals the truth about this woman and her son. The truth of how God used this young lady to fulfill a promise of redemption found in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What an amazing and miraculous event that happened over 2,000 years ago. This is the account of Mary. Child, it's about time you got up. Your cousins and sisters have been up for at least an hour already. Now sit down. It's time for breakfast. We have a long journey ahead of us today. Where is everyone? Well, your father and cousin Simeon are out in the field. They're getting the lamb ready for the journey to Jerusalem. And your other cousins and your sisters are loading the carts. Now eat. I'm so excited, Mother. It's my first time going to Jerusalem for the Passover. Yes, and it is a long journey, so you need to eat a good breakfast. Oh, here comes Cousin Simeon now. Is everything ready? Yes, and we brushed the lamb and checked him again for any blemishes and the priest will approve. Lamb, which lamb are we taking? We are taking the special lamb, the one that we kept separate from the others in the barn. It's the one that was the healthiest one born last year, remember? But, but he's Ireland, not the priests. I'm the one who fed him every day and kept him clean. I made sure he had water and brushed him, and now we're taking him to the priests? But mother, he's my favorite. I know, dear, he is everyone's favorite. But this is what the Lord asks of us for Passover. Sacrifices have been a part of our people's lives since our ancestors, Adam and Eve, first sinned against God in the Garden of Eden. When they ate of the forbidden fruit, God covered their sin with an animal sacrifice. The Lord commands that we offer sacrifices to him so that we may be cleansed of our sin and so that we may be reminded of what he does for us, even though we do not deserve it. With this Passover sacrifice, we are reminded that God protected our ancestors and rescued them from slavery by the shedding of blood that was painted over the doorposts in Egypt. Simeon, can you tell your cousin what the scriptures say you need to practice for your Passover lesson with the priests? As it is written, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month you shall 
Every man shall take a lamb according to their father's house, houses, a lamb for a household, a, a lamb, a, a, a lamb, a year old, you may take, take it for the sheep or for the goats, and you shall keep out to the fourteenth day of this month. For the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lamb at twilight. The blood shall be a sight for you. All the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you or to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Thank you, Simeon. Now finish your breakfast and try not to make such a mess. <laughs> but why does it have to be so hard? Why does it have to hurt so much? That is what we must understand, Mary. Dealing with sin is hard. No one said following our Lord would be easy. But we must obey with a joyful heart. We need to remember that we are the ones that really deserve to be sacrificed because of our sin. It is gracious of God to allow an animal to be sacrificed in our place to cover our sin. Do you want to hear something really neat, though? Yes, I would love to hear some good news right now. God has made a promise to us. One day, he will send a Messiah to save us. The scriptures talk about him, and when he comes, we will know. When will this happen? Only the Lord knows. Oh, Mary, my darling. The Lord is good and just. We must honor him and be willingly obedient to all that he asks of us. Now let's finish eating and packing up. Years passed, and the young girl grew up. Like most girls in a Jewish household, she was raised learning about the roles of a woman played in the home and beyond, a lot like Solomon's description of a godly woman in Proverbs 31. Eventually, when the time came, she was betrothed, engaged to an honorable and respectable na man named Joseph. So what did it mean to be betrothed? In ancient Jewish culture, betrothal was the first step of the marriage process, much like an engagement or promise of marriage. This step, however, was much more strict in that it was legally binding between the bride and the groom, as well as their families. In fact, both families would sign a contract called the chutmah. To break this contract, the bride or groom would have to obtain an official divorce. Therefore, this agreement was not taken lightly. I can't believe we found so many berries. We must have gotten there before anyone else today. These will be so good after dinner tonight. Yes, I know. My, this past is getting heavy. Mary, did you get me? Did you get me berries? Mary? Oh, I'm sorry. What did you say? Oh, the berries. Did you get many? Yeah. We got enough to last us days. <laughs> yes, I got some. But then I found these beautiful wildflowers where the berries are growing by the stream, and I started to pick them. I think I'm going to put them on the table tonight for supper. Besides, 
Joseph isn't a big fan of strawberries, and he's coming for dinner tonight. Joseph doesn't like strawberries. Now, Lila, don't tease her. You're just jealous you're not betrothed yet. I am not, but if I was jealous, which I'm not, I would see the know my day is coming. Who knows, maybe I'll get betrothed to a rich priest and live in Jerusalem. We'll host extravagant gatherings, and I'll have beautiful silks and scarves. And this wealthy priest is going to randomly show up in Nazareth knocking on your door? Wishful thinking, Lila. You know, I don't care that Joseph is just a simple carpenter. It's on his work. We may never have a lot of money or fancy clothes, but he's a man of God. He fears the Lord and relies on the Lord's strength. That's all I could ever ask for. I just found me Mary, before Mary and Joseph, have a bunch of children running around. I want our children to play together. <laughs> it will probably be a while before we have a bunch of children, Ruth. We're betrothed, not married yet. We're truly happy for you, Mary. We love you and are so excited for you and Joseph. We're maybe a little jealous, though. <laughs> Lila, are you ready to head home? Mother will want us to help with dinner. Yes, I think my arm is about to fall off carrying this basket. Mary, we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> I, should, I should be going too. See you tomorrow, Mary. See you tomorrow. Mary. <gasps> Greetings, O favorite one. The Lord is with you. Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. I'm Who Gabriel, are you? <laughs> messenger and angel of the Lord God. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will be great, and we call the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. But how will this be? I'm not married yet. The Lord God, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And it is a sixth month with her who is called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be unto me according to God's word. Hello, Mary. 
wrong? Simeon, I'm not okay. What can you tell me about the scriptures? The Messiah, specifically, the one we've been waiting for? I can't remember them at all. Calm down, Mary. Let's think. There are so many prophecies in the scripture, I really don't know where to start. And some of them, we don't fully understand. We know that he'll be a descendant of Abraham, just like us. That's wonderful. Yes, it is. God promised Abraham to make him a father of a great nation. And we would be his people. And Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteous. Let's see. We know that he'll be... He'll come in the form of a baby and of a virgin. Isaiah the prophet wrote, Therefore the Lord shall give you a sign. And the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel. That means God with us. This reflects the prophecy, the seed of the woman prophecy given to Adam and Eve in Genesis 3. Now the scriptures also say that he'll be despised and rejected by men. But I don't know how this can be, since he'll be the Messiah. So you see, much of this is hard to understand fully. It is. Thank you so much, Simeon. But I have to go. I must go speak to Joseph. Of course. White in love. The scriptures do not give us a definitive timeline of events that followed the miraculous news that Mary received that day. We do know a few details, though. We know that Mary talked to Joseph, told him of the message the angel gave her, and we also know that this conversation did not go very well. We also know that Mary left Nazareth shortly after to visit her relative Elizabeth, who was also with child. This child of Zechariah and Elizabeth, also prophesied in scripture, would become an integral part of God's plan. A voice for us in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert highway for our God. Any child will be called the prophet of the Most High, when you go before the Lord to prepare Elizabeth! Mary, what a surprise! Oh, and why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greetings came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Oh, Elizabeth, I know you were filled with the Holy Spirit to know this. So much has happened. I have so many questions for you. I don't know where to begin. All in good time, dear. We do have much to discuss. <laughs> Zachariah, look who came to see us. It's Mary, all the way from Nazareth. 
Our son left with joy in my womb when the sound of her greeting came to me. Can you believe it? She's carrying the Messiah, dear. The Messiah! Um, Elizabeth, why can't he speak? Uh, that's a whole other story. <laughs> He's been silent for several months now. He uses papyrus or slated tablet and chalk to communicate. See, he's, he's writing now. Stop yelling at me, Lizzie. I am mute, not deaf. Zachariah! <laughs> Is that all you have to say after all that? It's the craziest story. You see, Zachariah and I had never had a child. We thought that our chance to be parents was long gone. But as he does, the Lord had other plans, didn't he, dear? One day, Zachariah was serving as priest in the temple, and an angel appeared to him, Mary. A real angel. Can you believe it? Actually, I can. Well, <laughs> you see, Zachariah, when the angel told Zachariah that I would conceive a child just like Sarah and Hannah of old, our son would be great and come before the Lord and turn many of the children of the Lord back to him. And... Uh, he will be with the Holy Spirit, even from the womb. That's how I recognized that you were carrying the Messiah when you walked in. What did Zechariah say when he was told of this? Um, he didn't believe the angel. He actually questioned him. Uh, we are not sure um, if Zechariah will ever get his voice back. Uh, but Zechariah has accepted it, though, because he recognizes that he did not believe God. And this was a consequence of his lack of faith. How long has it been? A little over six months. I stayed here in the house for five months when I found out I was with child. You should have seen the looks on the faces of the townspeople when I went to the market for the first time. They were saying I was like Sarah and Abraham. I took that as a compliment, though. I'm overflowing with joy. Uh, so many people can't believe it, but it's true. I know I'm not imagining these strong kicks. I think he really likes it when I eat locusts and honey. <laughs> Elizabeth, this is a lot to take in. I'm the complete all of God's greatness. So are we. So are we. Lord, thank you so much for providing me a safe journey here. I'm so glad I came. I've just been so nervous. But look at Elizabeth. You've given her a child in her old age. And now you've given me a child as well. And not just any child, your child. I pray, Lord, that I can be as grateful for, as Hannah for this gift that you've given us. You're a God of miracles and a God of wonder. I pray, Lord, that you be with Joseph right now. I wish I knew what he was thinking. Does he even want to see me? Are we still betrothed? Lord, I know my life is in your hands, and I seek only to follow your will. Thank you for saving us and for fulfilling your promise you made with Abraham long ago. I pray that I have the faith that you want of me in this situation. I am your humble servant.
Meanwhile, in Nazareth, there was a young man who was very troubled and very confused. His name was Joseph, and he was Mary's betrothed. He had a life-changing decision to make. And so you see, Father, I don't know what to do. How can Mary do this to me, to us, to the Lord? I just wish I could understand. I know you are troubled, son. There are obviously issues that must be discussed and addressed. I came to you because you have some options I need to consider before she returns. I'm listening, Father. Please counsel me on this. Well, the first one, which I don't recommend because we know her and her family, is to charge her with adultery. If you do this, you know that she will be punished severely, possibly stoned to death. Hmm. I could never do that. She has always been an honorable and respectable lady in everyone's sight. I know she cares deeply for me. In fact, the last time we ate together, she didn't even make me eat those disgusting strawberries. <laughs> but even so, the love I have for her has caused a great brokenness inside of me. I just don't understand why she would do such a thing and then have the audacity to claim that the child is from the Lord. I'm afraid she truly believes that the child is from the Holy Spirit. Has she gone mad? What is she hiding? But either way, I can never have Mary publicly shamed like this. That is an honorable decision, Joseph. But like you, I must admit, I cannot understand the situation as well. Mary has always been considered a godly woman by all who know her. This is unlike the Mary we all know. I know. The next option you have is to divorce her since you are merely betrothed at this point and send her back to her family. This could be done quietly, and then our family would have to deal with the situation. I know this would be hard, but it could be the best solution for everyone. Hmm. Yes, it would be hard, but that might be the best idea. Any other options I, can sh I should consider? Yes, there's one more. You could marry her anyway and raise the child as your own. Hmm. I'm not sure that's a possibility, Father. How can I raise the child as my own? Nothing is impossible to our Father in Heaven. Give your doubt and confusion and give it to the Lord in prayer. He will guide you in the right direction. You're right, Father, but I think I know what I must do. When Mary returns from visiting her family, I'll divorce her quietly. Send her back to her family and be done with it. Do you know how long she'll be gone? Not exactly. We didn't leave on good terms. I was devastated when she told me she was with child, but she was in a hurry to leave and see her relative due to an urgent matter of some kind. I was very distraught, but she seemed conflicted about what it was doing to me. But yet, it, she seemed joyful too. As I look back on it, it just seems odd. Well, knowing Mary, she went for a good reason. Rest tonight, son, pray to the Lord, then tomorrow work as normal. Your woodworking shop isn't going to run itself. That's true. Staying busy is helping me deal with this, and I do have a lot of carpentry projects to do. Thank you for your counsel, Father. Good night. Good night, Joseph.
Yahweh, I pray to you as your humble servant. I am lost and in need. Please be with me in the coming days as I prepare for Mary's return. Grant me wisdom, Yahweh. Grant me wisdom like Solomon to take this situation and do with it what is right in your eyes. Help me uh, remove the hurt and confusion in my heart and help me to do this task of justly and honorably sending Mary back to her family quietly and out of the public's view. I praise you, Yahweh, in times of sorrow and in times of joy. Amen. Joseph, son of David. Joseph, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. But for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Oh, the prophet said it right here. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Oh, Yahweh, you don't waste any time, do you? Thank you for this dream. May it be as you have said. I have been fooled by my own pride. Forgive me. Elizabeth, John is absolutely beautiful. Such a strong name for such a little baby. The Lord commanded that we call him John, and we were obedient. Now it's time for us to raise him into the man that God asked him to be. God is so good. He gave Zechariah his voice back, and this precious baby we've waited for so long. Mary, it's been three months since you came to us and you were with child. It's time for you to go home and speak to Joseph and to continue God's plan for your life. But I don't know what that is. Uh, when I told Joseph what had happened, he didn't seem to believe me, and we haven't shared a letter since then. I know the Lord is faithful, but I do not know what is to become of me when I return home. Mary, this child, God's child, is the Messiah. He's the one we've all been waiting for. He's the one who will redeem us from our sins. Sin entered the world long ago through Adam and Eve. They rebelled against God in the Garden of Eden. God prophesied about this event in Genesis 3. You see, Mary, there is hope. God told the serpent, because you've done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all the beasts of the field. On your belly you will go and eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Mary, this child, God's child, is the Messiah. We've been waiting for him for thousands of years. Be safe, Mary, and take heart. Our God is great and can do miraculous things, obviously. <laughs> Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Thank you for inviting me into your home and for the counsel you've both given me. It was our honor, Mary. Um, Elizabeth, I think John sold himself again. <laughs> you know I'm not good at these things. Oh, Elizabeth, he smells terrible. Zachariah, I'll be right there. I thank the Lord every day for giving Zachariah his voice back, but there are days. Oh. <laughs> Lizzie, he spit up too. 
I'm coming, dear. <laughs> After leaving Elizabeth, Mary returned to Nazareth, filled with the faith that the Lord would take care of her and the growing child she carried. She had no idea what had been told to Joseph in a dream. She had no idea that God had already interceded for her. Hey, I heard you were back in town. The whole town is buzzing. Why didn't you come to see me, or at least have your family tell me you're back in town? I wasn't sure you wanted to see me. I remember when we last spoke, it's still as I said, Joseph, I'm having a child. And I know you don't believe me, but it is the Messiah for whom we have been waiting. I just left Elizabeth, who gave birth herself in her old age. I can't explain it, Joseph, but this is happening. I know you have your honor to consider. If you don't believe me, then do what you must. But, but I do believe you, Mary. You do? I do. You see, an angel came to me as well in a dream and confirmed what you had said to me. He even said that we were na to name the child. His name is to be Jesus. Jesus. I was so wrong, Mary. Forgive me. It's okay. It was an emotional time for me too. But our God is so merciful and he takes such good care of his children. I can't comprehend it. Mary, we have so much to do before the baby comes. Attention, people of Nazareth, I offer you a decree from your governor, Quirinius, that has been sent directly from Caesar Augustus in Rome. It is time for the census of all the people of Galilee, Samaria, and Judea. Begin preparing for the census immediately. Each family must return to its town of origin in the coming months. Each family is required to be counted. Rumor has been going around that this decree was coming. It looks like May has to be traveling the next couple of months. Yes, I guess we'll be heading south to Bethlehem, where my family comes from. We still have many family members living there, so I'm sure we'll have a place to stay. I'm from Bethlehem, too, of the house and lineage of King David, through his son, Prince Nathan. <laughs> I'm a descendant of King David and his son, King Solomon. You see, I knew it was meant to be. <laughs> oh, no, but Joseph, that's so far away. And what about the baby? I'm due to give birth in six more months. It'll be okay, Mary. We'll get there in advance. I've got some money saved up, and I can bring my tools and work for an honest wage while we're there. Although we won't have much money until we're established. Either way, we have a lot to prepare and pack. Wait. Joseph. Mary. It finally makes sense. This is perfect. Simeon, what are you talking about? Oh, Mary. Joseph. This is it. This is all part of God's plan. You must go to Bethlehem. Joseph, the prophecy, it's coming true. Remember what Micah said. Oh, Simeon, you're right. The prophet said, But you, O Bethlehem, who are, to be, who are too small to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient of days. So the baby's to be born in Bethlehem? Yes, Mary. Messiah, your baby, will be born in Bethlehem. It is and will be as the scriptures have said. This child is the Savior. 
And so it was that Mary and Joseph, who were now married, along with other members of Joseph's family, made the 90-mile journey to Bethlehem by road. This was not an easy journey. The journey most likely consisted of uh, rough terrain, rocky hilltops, and deep valleys on less than adequate roads. The Bible does not state at what point of pregnancy Mary made this journey with Joseph, but it was most likely before she was full term. Because Joseph had family in Bethlehem, they intended to stay with relatives, as was the custom at that time. What a lot of people didn't realize is that King David had a lot of descendants, and his ancestral home of Bethlehem wasn't that big. It filled up very quickly. It's okay, Ezra. I understand. Mary, I just spoke to cousin Ezra. He said we have many relatives staying with them already. And uh, the guest room is already filled up. But he said maybe we could stay in the lower room, although there will be a lot of animals there. Ezra's afraid they may be stolen in the night with all the sojourners in town. That's understandable. The lower room should be fine. I'm glad he was willing to accommodate us. Me too, but it's not the ideal place I'd have the baby born. True, but this has not been our ideal situation for months now. What a way to bring the Son of God into his first breath. A nice big whiff of manure. We can be so blind to God's will, but his way is perfect. Gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him down in a manger. 
because there was no place for them in the inn. In the same region there were shepherds keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there is with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. this child. He was the son of the Most High God, our Lord, Emmanuel. You may wonder what kind of childhood the Son of God had. Well, 
The Bible doesn't reveal a lot of Jesus' childhood. Here is what we do know from Scripture. An angel appeared to Joseph again in a dream after the wise men had visited him in their house of Bethlehem. He was told to flee to Egypt with his family as Herod was seeking to kill Jesus. Once Herod was dead, the angel appeared to Joseph again to tell him it was now safe to return to Israel. Mary and Joseph, along with Jesus and their other children, grew up in Nazareth, which was prophesied by the prophets. When he was 12, the first stage of his adulthood, he stayed at the temple in Jerusalem after the Feast of Passover. Unknown to his family, who had already begun their journey back to Nazareth, he was conversing with the priests and teachers who were amazed at this young boy who had an understanding of the scriptures. When Mary asked him why he treated them this way, Jesus responded, Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Years later, right before his ministry began, Jesus was asked by Mary to open the dilemma at a wedding. The hosting family had run out of wine, which was considered highly disgraceful. Although she didn't know exactly what should happen, she knew if anyone could help, it would be him. By faith, she instructed the servants to do whatever he tells you. Jesus turned water into wine. In fact, the wine was better than the original wine. Although he grew up in a traditional home with a family, he stood apart from the world as he prepared for his ministry. As Jesus matured both in life and his ministry, Mary and her son's relationship changed. In the beginning, Jesus was her son and she was his mother. At the end, she realized she was, like us, a sinner. And Jesus, even now, is her sinless and perfect Savior. My son Jesus is called the Passover lamb. Like the lamb I loved when I was a child, the lamb that God required had to be without blemish and spotless. Seeing that beautiful lamb be sacrificed devastated me as a child, but it allowed me a bitter taste of what sin has done to this world and the terrible punishment that sin deserves. Seeing my son Jesus, the perfect lamb of God, put to death because of our sin was much more excruciating to watch. I didn't fully understand it at the time. Jesus, the Christ, lived a perfect life, and committed no sin. He was fully God, and he took on flesh to be fully man. His sacrifice on the cross was required by God to satisfy his wrath upon sin, which makes salvation and atonement possible for all mankind to be saved. It was as the scripture said. That he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. The punishment from an infinite and eternal God for our sin is an infinite punishment that would last forever. Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, is infinite and eternal in his nature. When he was sacrificed on the cross, he took the infinite wrath that we deserve for our sin. Like Eve, who lost her son Abel to a murderous death, so I watched the last breath of my son on that cross. But that was not the end of the prophecy. No, not at all. In ways, it was just the beginning. You see, I was there when my son, our Savior, miraculously came into this world to save us. I was there and I saw his body, breathless and dead, on that cross as they pierced his side with a spear. And on the third day, I was at the tomb and I saw the angel standing guard. And most of all, I saw that he was gone. I saw that he had risen from the dead. We all had it wrong, you see. We thought the Messiah was here to save us from the Romans. But when he died by the hands of the Romans and the Jewish leaders, we all were without hope. But we were so wrong. He didn't come here to save us from the Romans. He came here to save us from our sinful selves. He came, us, came here to save us from something great, greater and eternal, the infinite wrath of God that we all deserve for our sin. When we believe in Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, and his resurrection, 
we can enjoy God's goodness forever in heaven. Praise be to God for his love and his mercy. Please stand and join us in singing A Little Town of Bethlehem. You can find it in your hymnal on page 242. Thank you. 